Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. Remember Hurricane Maria that devastated many parts of the Caribbean last fall, including Puerto Rico? Well, many of the hotels that were damaged have reopened now. The cruise ships have returned too, which is always a good sign. So later in the show, we're going to get an update on Puerto Rico, where they are open for business and have been for a while. Plus, Amelia Hotels International. We're going to learn a little bit about them in our show today. They have a lot of new initiatives and a few new hotels opening up. So we'll learn about that with Tony Cortezes. He is going to join us. He's the vice president global strategy for Melia Hotels International. But to start our show, we are very pleased to have as our first guest, Bill Chalmers. Back in 2002, National Geographic Traveler christened him the world's greatest traveler, and he's written many books, and he founded the Global Scavenger Hunt 15 years ago. He's still the event director of the Global Scavenger Hunt, and Bill joins us now. Hi, Bill. Hi, Randy. Thanks for having me again. Well, I'm, I'm, we'll try to get as much in as we can in the time that we have here, because we have a lot to cover, I think. Uh, first question, I guess, comes to mind for uh, anybody, I suppose, is what is the Global Scavenger Hunt? Oh, the ga- Global Scavenger Hunt, well, it's a lot of things, but it's a travel world championship. It's a blind date with the world. It's a 23-day around-the-world uh, adventure, and uh, it takes place every year in the spring, and this is going to be our 15th year. Well, you make it sound so simple. 23 days around the world, and you call it a blind date for a particular reason, right? That's because anybody that's signed up doesn't know where they're going yet. <laughs> that's right. It's a giant leap of faith as far as that goes. Yes, we're, we're going to take them around the world. We're going to circumnavigate the globe, and we're going to visit 10 countries, but we don't tell you which countries we're going to. So it's kind of like a magical mystery adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it shouldn't be confused with things like Amazing Race. I think a lot of people might get uh, you know, that image in their head. It's not really like that, is it? It's not. We don't make fun of our our participants. We don't uh, make them do stunts. We don't do make them do silly, stupid stuff. We don't kick anybody off. But it is a, a, a competition, and it is an adventure where you've got teams that are doing things that are competing against other teams. So it is a lot of fun as, as far as that goes. It's a scavenger hunt. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you to expand more. So it's a scavenger hunt. What kind of things? Are they actually objects that we're looking for? Or are you getting a, a stamp in a book? <laughs> How does it work? It's a it's a lot of things. You know, we've got a lot of uh, of wonderful scavengers we put together. But basically, what it is, Randy, is to get people out of their noses, stuck in guidebooks, to trust strangers in strange lands, to ask directions, to learn about the cultures, to participate in the cultures, and to really immerse themselves, albeit for short periods of time, in every destination we go to. So in some places it may be about art, in some places it may be about food or markets or about uh, hiking a special trail that takes you to a sacred Buddhist site. So everyone is different in every country we go to. We have many that you couldn't possibly do them all. So you have to figure out which ones you do do without the benefit of a guidebook, without the benefit of using your phone. you got to trust strangers in strange lands. So you really have to fly by the seat of your pants and be quick-witted about yourself, hey? 
You do. You have to have some some travel confidence, uh, and you have to have been around the block a few times and, and, and feel good about that. And, and, you know, women do really well on our, our adventure. Uh, they're willing to smile and ask directions. Men are more like, I know it's this way, and this is the direction <laughs> I'm going. So they, have, they stumble a little bit because they don't like to follow directions or don't like to listen or ask directions. And so it's very unique as far as that goes, but it really opens up the heart to people which to me was what the way travel used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it brings back some romance to travel. So who can and uh, how do you become a part of the Global Scavenger Hunt? Well, sure. As you mentioned, our website is globalscavengerhunt.com, and they can go online there and uh, they can read any frequently asked questions they have about any of our, our, our trip and when the dates are and pretty much everything that's been going down for 15 years. Then they can apply online. Uh, both uh, our office, Pamela and I, uh, both talk to you. We get to know everybody. We interview all our participants because we only take 15 teams of two, and we want to make sure we have a great cocktail of travelers from around the world. And we do get a really eclectic uh, collection of travelers from around the world. But I think we've had people from over 40 countries uh, participating and going on the trip, and we've been to 85 countries so far. Wow. Uh, so are you traveling with this group the whole time, or are you kind of off on your own? How does that work? Yes, we all travel on the same planes and the same hotels, but it's while you're in the destination, you're doing your own thing based on a on a travel list, a book, a scavenger hunt booklet that we put together. There's more things that you could possibly do, and I do that by design so someone doesn't just think that they're going to complete everything. Mm. You really have to figure out on a risk-reward basis, well, what we could do these three things or these three things and figure out your, your own strategy and really what you like. I mean, we have people that go on our trip that – that you couldn't catch them going into a museum, whether it's the Hermitage or the Louvre or, you know, some really esoteric museum in the world, but they really like markets. So they don't go to the museums, they go to the markets. Uh, We have people that are really into outdoor sports and activities, whether it's kayaking or biking uh, down a volcano mountain, and they love that. And we have some people that really just love to get to know people and love the culture. And so it allows people to make up their own itinerary based on our scavenges. Now, there is a cost, but pretty much it includes everything, including airfare. Like You don't really have to spend much more after that, do you? That's true. It is, it is $25,000 a team, and I know that sounds like a lot, but we are going around the world for 23 days. We are staying in great hotels, and it does include – it's always more than this, but I always say at least 40% of your meals. Uh, and we have great goodie bags for everybody. We get a lot of sponsors that put together a travel package and swag and stuff. So it's a fun time had by all. Mm-hmm. And how do you win? You win by completing the scavenges in each destination. And then at the end of it, it's more of a rally than a race. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't want you to run around the world willy-nilly. Uh, but I want you to do well in each destination. And then the teams that do consistently the best over the 23 days, usually we visit 10 different places, and the teams that do the best over those 23 days, their score will indicate who's the best, and they become the world's greatest travelers. They win a, a trophy, they win medals, and they get to come back the next year to defend their title for free. Wow. And, uh, that's how, that's always a good thing. And people really are motivated and, and love that part of it. Well, like a trip around the world, I think that's uh, uh, on a lot of people's bucket list. So I think this would be a great way to do it. Globalscavengerhunt.com is the website. You can go on there and find out all the things about it. And Bill Chalmers is the event director for the Global Scavenger Hunt. Uh, thanks a lot for your insight, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks, Randy, very much.
Well, there's lots of new and exciting things happening at Melia Hotels International, from sustainability programs to new hotel openings. So much so, I'm not sure we'll get to it all, but we're going to try. Joining us now to talk about them is Tony Cortez, as he is the Vice President, Global Strategy for Melia Hotels International. Hi, Tony. Good morning or afternoon. <laughs> Depending on where you are in the world. You're in the Dominican Republic right now, right? I'm in, I'm in the Dominican Republic, yes. And I hope yeah. you're staying at Amelia Brand Hotel. <laughs> oh, but of course I am. I mean, where else could I possibly stay? I suppose. Well, so I, I think a lot of people are probably uh, familiar with the Melia brand, but it's associated with a, a lot of other brands. Maybe you can just sort of give us a, a background on the, on the Melia brand and the other brands that are under the umbrella of Melia. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you're right, Brandon. We have six different brands in the portfolio. Um, Melia Hotels and Resorts is the, let's call it the mother brand, if you like. It's the biggest of all. Um, we're in, boy, I'm not even sure how many different countries with Melia, but uh, certainly more than 30, 35 countries around the world. Um but uh, I think the brand that's probably the best known to the Canadian market is actually Paradisus, which is our luxury all-inclusive um, brand. And I'm actually in a beautiful one-bedroom suite here in Paradisus Palm Real, uh, looking at the new project uh, that is, uh, that's under development to open at the end of the year. Um, we also have um, Grand Melia, which is our traditional luxury brand. There's about uh, 12 of those hotels. We're opening a couple more, one in Shenzhou, China, one in the Maldives. Those open um, in, the next, uh, in the next couple of years. But uh, most of the Grand Melias are in Spain. Um, we do have one in Rome, uh, and we do have one in Xi'an, China, which is home to the Terracotta Warriors. For anybody that's interested in doing a really amazing cultural trip uh, to China, uh, and then we have the Me brand, which is our luxury lifestyle brand. Uh, those are personality-based hotels, all about the fashion, the design, uh, and the cool cultural happenings um, in their different cities. We're in, uh, we're in London, we're in Milan, we're in Madrid. Uh, we're also in resort areas like Ibiza. Um, so that brand is a, is a really interesting one uh, and we're opening more of those properties going into the middle east we open dubai next year we're opening doha um so that's uh, that's kind of a fun one that i enjoy and then we have the inside brand which is uh, sort of the opposite to melia uh, it sits in the sort of upscale category but is more of a contemporary lifestyle idea not into the luxury lifestyle like me but um catering to sort of young business travelers and work trippers uh, as they go and try to experience the city as they're doing their work, as well as um, in some of the more um, resort areas. And then in the mid-scale category, we have our Seoul Resorts brand, which is actually the original, one of the original brands of the company um, all around the Mediterranean. We've got 70-plus hotels. Uh, we do have souls uh, in Cuba, but uh, it's um, mainly Mediterranean-based. So well, there's, the, as quick as I could do it. <laughs> there's lots of uh, uh, hotels to choose from under the Melia brand, and lots of new things happening. So let's start with your uh, new Serengeti Lodge. This sounds exciting. Serengeti is an amazing project. Um, we're very, we're very proud. Um, well, I say proud. Um, 
We've taken a step forward, and I think a leadership step in the area of sustainability. We've announced the elimination of all single-use plastics by the end of 2018 in all 380 of our hotels in the 43 different countries that we're in. Um, but that's a macro step. Um, but Serengeti is actually uh, a new build project that opened earlier in the year, but it's been built 100% with sustainability in mind. It's located in the Tanzania National Park. Uh, I mean, a really stunning, stunning part of the world. So it's obviously home to safari and all of those amazing uh, experiences that surround it. But the but the project was built using all local locally sourced material stones and uh, it was also designed to use the breezes of the uh, the savanna plains to reduce the, the the cooling that we need from air conditioning and fans. Forty five percent of the power is generated on property through solar. What I really love about it is how we're working with the local the local people. So we're working on on different levels. We source all of our food locally, but we also work with the community and educating them on nutrition. Uh, we work with local schools, um, but my favorite story is the Maasai tribe, who are the local indigenous tribe uh, to the area, and they provide all the security to the lodge, um, as well as um, creating all of the trails in the savannah for the safaris that we do from uh, from the property. So it runs as an all-inclusive. It's a really spectacular experience, uh, and uh, we're super excited about it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a wonderful place to stay. Let's touch a bit on the uh, Paradisus Palma Real. That's the one you're at, right? I am in situ as we speak, <laughs> yes, live and, live and direct. Um, yeah, we're opening, um, we're opening a new phase to the resort. Um, we have the, the Paradisus Palma Real resort that was built originally, uh, in 2005, 2006, when we opened, we added the reserve to um, to the project in uh, around 2009, and now we are adding uh, the grand reserve, which is another step up in luxury from the reserve um, that will open in December of this year. It will feature uh, just under 400 suites. Um, uh, 80 square meters is the minimum size, up to 300 square meters, so that's 800 square feet, 3,000 square feet. Eight different restaurants, uh, a fantastic spa, which will be by Natura Bisset, which is uh, um, a brand out of uh, out of Europe. So we're very excited about that. Um, there will be an aqua park. Um, so we're really targeting this to the family segment. It's going to be a very luxurious offer. Guests in the Grand Reserve get to stay at one play at three, so they get access to the reserve and its restaurants as well as um, the main resort and everything that the, the main resort has to offer. So in the end, uh, they have, um, boy, I don't know, close to 20 different restaurant uh, options within within the package. So I think very it's nice. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only have uh, about a minute or two here, so let's touch a bit on the one that's opening in uh, next year, the Paradisus Playa Mujeres. Playa Mujeres, yeah, Playa Mujeres is um, it's about fifteen twenty minutes from Cancun International Airport. It's a new 
It's a new part of the uh, of the Riviera or Yucatan Peninsula, um, and uh, it's growing quickly. It's very much in you know it's in a luxury line, so there's a lot of high-end residential as well as uh, hotel products opening there, and the new paradises that we're opening will be um, really encapsulating the new vision of the brand, which is to get close to nature and to bring the destination and nature into the experience of the resort. Um, it's going to have a marina um, and will have a wraparound uh, waterway experience, so meaning that the, the, the resort will be beachfront, obviously, but then the marina on the end has a waterway and dockage that goes around the back of the property, so every room will have water view. Uh, there is a Greg Norman golf course, um, so a championship uh, designer golf course that's part of the development. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really going to be an exceptional uh, an exceptional offer that will take the brand again to another level. So we're, we're, we're very excited about where Paradisus is going, and Paradisus Los Cabos on the West Coast um, was also just accepted into leading hotels of the world. So that's a, a nice endorsement of, of what we're doing, you know, with the brand. Mm-hmm. Well, lots of exciting things happening with uh, Melia Hotels International. Tony Cortezes is the Vice President for Global Strategy for Melia Hotels International. Again, the website where you can find all the info is melia.com. I appreciate your insight and your time, Tony. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak to everybody. Well, if you remember back in the fall of 2017, Puerto Rico was hit by Hurricane Maria, which devastated most, if not all, of the island. And since Puerto Rico relies so much on tourism, I thought it'd be good to get an update on the recovery process. So joining us now is Brad Dean. He is the CEO of Discover Puerto Rico. Their website is discoverpuertorico.com. Hi, Brad. Well, good morning. Buenos dias and hola from Puerto Rico. Si, si, senor. Uh, That's about the length of my Spanish, so we'll end it there before I get myself into trouble. But, uh, uh, you know, Puerto Rico has been in the news a lot uh, over the last year, obviously because of what happened uh, last fall with Hurricane Maria. So what stage is Puerto Rico at right now as far as the recovery from uh, Hurricane Maria? You know, Mother Nature dealt us quite a blow 10 months ago, but the great news, Randy, is that Puerto Rico has made amazing strides these past 10 months. Not only have we recovered, we are ready, able, and eager to welcome visitors back to the island to discover or rediscover all that there is to experience in Puerto Rico today. Mm-hmm. Well, and I always think there's it's a tricky thing to say, visit a place like Puerto Rico uh, after they've you know, been uh, struck by a hurricane and they're in the recovery mode because they rely on the tourism dollars. And yet when you go there, uh, you're using resources that may, you know, be helping elsewhere. So sort of uh, what are your thoughts on uh, that kind of thing? Well, you know, it was just a, a few months after the hurricane when the island was able to announce that tourism was open for business. And, of course, that's important for the island because there's no better way to help accelerate the economic recovery of Puerto Rico than to visit. But you certainly want to make sure that we can deliver upon the experience 
and uh, not only meet but exceed the expectations of our friends from Canada and elsewhere. So there's been a lot of work with our public and private sector partners to make certain that we're not just open for business but ready and eager to welcome visitors back. And today that's certainly the case. Uh, When you look at the cruise industry, it's incredibly promising what's happened there. It was opened, uh, the San Juan port was opened just uh, about two and a half weeks after Hurricane Maria. And uh, just in the first half of this year, We've hosted more than 600,000 cruise passengers, which is an increase over the same time last year. But the best news of all is we've got 14 vessels serving uh, the port today and four new cruise ships home porting for next year. And today we offer 119 cruise shore excursions for travelers to enjoy. And we've seen similar success with air access, making it easier to get back to the island now than it would have been shortly after the hurricane. So we've really been pleased and, frankly, uh, impressed with the pace of recovery that's happening a lot more quickly in Puerto Rico than other destinations that have had similar incidents that they've had to deal with. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, being a former uh, cruise person, I can uh, recall... With great uh, amazement when you sail into San Juan, it's quite a spectacular uh, sailing in there. And I always say when the cruise ships uh, return, that's always a good sign. So those are those are two things uh, on the radar there. But, okay, if you're planning a trip, let's say um, either by uh, ship or by air, give me uh, some of the highlights of what, uh, of what a trip to Puerto Rico would entail. You know, the great thing about Puerto Rico is there's something for everyone and every budget. You know, if you're looking to just relax and unwind, you can soak in the warm Caribbean sun while laying on one of our soft, sandy beaches. Follow that up with a leisurely stroll through the historic old San Juan, 500 years old. So lots of history and rich heritage there. And and then maybe follow that up with a visit to one of the best-kept secrets uh, in the island, our Contemporary Art Museum in Santurce. Uh, If you're looking for more of an adrenaline-pumping experience, you can surf the waves at Rincón or ride El Toro Verde, one of the world's largest zipline experiences. Or then perhaps go visit one of the islands off the island, like Culebra and Vieques, which hold lots of untold secrets and wonderful experiences. And and for some people, they just want to experience the rich natural beauty of Puerto Rico, perhaps uh, hiking through the rainforest, El Junque, or maybe visiting uh, one of the three bioluminescent bays that light up at night. It's one of, Puerto Rico is one of the few places in the world that you can see that or maybe enjoy a horseback ride along the shores of the Caribbean. And regardless of what you do, you always want to follow it up with a great Caribbean dining experience and maybe uh, listening to some of the local musicians practice their craft with salsa music or some of the other uh, rich heritage that our art community offers to visitors as well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots, uh, as you mentioned, to see and do. It always starts in, to me in San Juan, though. That's m- sort of where the jumping-off base is for most people, right? Well, San Juan is the hub of activity, and of course, that's where most of the people flying in or cruising in land. But of course, we have ports on the southern part of the island and also airlines in Ponce and Aguadilla. So if you're looking to come to Puerto Rico, whether you're cruising or flying on an airline, uh, San Juan is probably where you'll, you'll start your visit, but you certainly don't have to limit it there. There's so much to do and experience throughout the island. And I think what's most amazing about Puerto Rico is every time you come back, you're always bound to find something new. Mm -hmm. Well, named one of the top 10 cities by Lonely Planet, uh, San Juan. So uh, it is a spectacular city. Like I say, I recall sailing in there and uh, there's... uh, The the old fort that sits there that you sail by, and it's uh, really spectacular. 
Oh, El Moro is one of the most visited attractions, uh, not only in the island, but I think you know in, the, in North America. And centuries ago, it was a gateway to the Western Hemisphere. Today, it's a must-see attraction, one of the largest fortresses in North America. And it, too, offers a lot of history and stories to tell and provides a, a great view as you look out into the ocean uh, from Old San Juan. Uh, it's an experience that you certainly want to enjoy every time you come to the island or return. Is it easy to get around the island? How big is the island, by the way? You know, the island is 100 miles wide by about 35 miles um, wide, and so it's a uh, it's an easy island to traverse and get back and forth. Many people will stay in the San Juan area where we have most of our hotels and then drive uh, or perhaps work with one of our local DMCs to go out and visit other parts of the island. Mm-hmm. Although we do find a lot of visitors like to spend uh, their, their evenings out about the island, maybe experiencing some of the great entertainment, the great cuisine, and staying at some of the uh, lodging properties outside of the main area. And, you know, one of the great uh, uh, recovery stories for us after Maria is that we have 132 lodging options open today. That's nearly 11,000 rooms currently available. But the best news is we've got 4,200 more rooms that are going to be revamped and refurbished coming online soon. And even better than that, we'll have 3,800 new rooms coming online in our pipeline over the next year. So it's not only more lodging, but bigger and better lodging and something for every taste and every budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, any events that are uh, coming up in the, in the fall and the winter season? You know, Puerto Rico hosts hundreds of events. Some are larger than others. Some are a little more better known, perhaps, than others. But all throughout the island, there are great events that showcase the rich heritage, the music, the culture, and, of course, the cuisine. Uh, the best thing to do is plan your vacation and look at for those events that are coming. And whether you're staying in the San Juan area or traversing out throughout the island, uh, you're bound to find great local events. And oftentimes, uh, the, uh, the events themselves bring entertainment that you might pay to, uh, to enjoy elsewhere, and oftentimes it's free or at a greatly reduced price tier. So you definitely want to pay attention to the events that are going on while you're visiting the island because they, too, offer a lot of entertainment value. <laughs> we only have a, a couple of minutes here, but uh, you failed to, to mention one word that uh, comes to mind when I think of Puerto Rico, and that's rum. <laughs> well, we, of course, are uh, the, the world's birthplace of rum, and uh, you've, if you're in the San Juan area, you can take a tour of Bacardi. That uh-huh. also is one of the most visited attractions. So if you want to see the artistry uh, in making rum, but rum is part of the experience. And uh, of course, you match up the rum with the beaches and you have got a great vacation experience that you'll be able to tell all your friends and family about when you get back to Canada. (laughs) That's for sure. And you take a couple of samples back too, by the way. Uh, I know that the Bacardi Rum Factory will be number one on my list, but if if, uh, someone's going there, uh, do you have a favorite spot that uh, you would recommend or you like to go to a, a lot? Well, you know, I met my wife in Luquijo. It's one of the most special places just outside the metropolitan area. But you have extraordinary art and culture in Ponce, great seafood in the western part of the island in places like Cabo Rojo. And I think when you get into the center part of the island, places like Oracovas and El Junque offer a lot of uh, unique, unparalleled experiences. No matter where you go throughout Puerto Rico, you are bound to enjoy yourself and experience something that you won't experience anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Anything I missed Do you want to add? No, I think the great story is that there's no better time to discover or rediscover all that Puerto Rico has to offer. We're ready and eager to welcome our visitors from Canada back to the island and 
now is the perfect time to visit and help accelerate the economic recovery that's well underway. Brad Dean is the CEO of Discover Puerto Rico. The website, again, is discoverpuertorico.com. I appreciate your time, Brad. Thank you. Thank you. And that's this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.